Last thing is delegating the sales leadership responsibilities to someone who can scale the sales team for you. That's what we want, right? We want to, you know, have the perfect leader, right? Like Brandon. Brandon's been with me for three years. By the way, he went through this whole process. And the way that I'm going to uh, go through this um, advancement piece, this is how he advanced into his role for sales recruiting university, perfect leader. If I could for sure make all leaders like him in the future, I would do that. Okay. Uh, and my general point is, is I want to make it clear that the process works. But this is about delegating the sales leadership responsibilities to someone who can scale the sales team for you. Some notes before we, we walk through the steps. <clears throat> Hiring outside sales leadership, it's risky. Okay, 80% of the time, it doesn't work, at least from our perspective. And it can be very expensive, both from a cash investment perspective and a, and a time you know, investment perspective. Right? If you waste three to six months of your time as an owner, you're losing money, especially if you have this leader that didn't work out when you could have been building the team the right way. And maybe that leader is managing over reps and they're, you know, screwing up opportunities to retain those reps. But my point is, is 80% of the time from our experience, when, when companies hire outside sales leadership to come into the company, it doesn't work out. Uh, the majority of companies that hire outside sales leadership to come in, uh, they have to, you know, put some cash investment into that to recruit the person and it still doesn't work out 80% of the time and they're losing time. They're losing money when clients get, uh, when companies, uh, you know, sales organizations, and this is all, you know, every type of sales organization, when a sales company um, actually gets lucky and recruits a good leader and that they're in that 20% that actually worked out. Another thing that's still risky is they may not be a great fit for the organization. Let's say I have a really good, you know, uh, a comp plan to recruit an outside sales leader and I have the capability to get that relationship and to persuade them into our opportunity and the opportunity sexy enough for them to say yes, right? Even if they fulfill the responsibilities, what if they really misalign with my values? Or what if I hate working with them, right? But they're fulfilling the needs of the sales department, but me as the owner or the VP or the president, whatever, I really do not like working with this person. Man, that is a negative uh, kind of, not a, you know, that's not a good thing, right? But the general point is, is, Hiring outside sales leadership more times than not, it doesn't work out. So we have a process that we're going to talk through, which kind of puts you, you know, puts you in a place to get the perfect leader um, for sure. You don't want to wake up in six months and have ha hired the, the, the wrong leader and you've wasted three to six months of building your business and you got to drop this person that just wasted you a ton of time and money. So you guys should take the for sure route so that you can delegate interviewing, hiring, onboarding, team meetings, one-on-ones, management, sales coaching, all that is required to build a good sales department. You guys want to take this process to ensure 100% you can delegate that responsibility and continue to step back and focus on your A to Z uh, business as a whole and not be trapped up in the sales department forever. And I get too that some of this context maybe doesn't apply to the medium or large size business, but this process is still applicable to you because you most likely, if you're a larger or medium sized business, will continue to grow and will need um, additional leaders. But here's the process for advancing reps into sales management, okay? It's a four-step process to transition them. <clears throat> the first one is they're 100% bought in um, to your opportunity, to your mission, to your values. They have a great attitude and they're also a top sales performer. I do not want to advance somebody into sales leadership that sucks at selling what we sell because if they cannot properly coach and lead other people to sell better, right? If you're my manager, and I'm making 80K per year, and I'm capped there because of my skill set, 
and, and the comp plan allows me to make 150 to 200 and you cannot leave me and coach me to, to make, you know, crack the six figure mark and more, then you're not very useful to me. Okay. And so the first step in this process is hiring people, but letting it play out for a good three to six months. Okay. And what I mean by that is you want to see how they show up. Are they flaky? Do they have a good attitude? Um, are, are they committing to their, their, uh, their, are they doing their commitments? Do they love what we do? Do they love the product and sell, uh, service that we sell? Uh, do they align with our values? Are they really excited about our, about our company vision? And are they actively selling at a super high level? That makes me say, hey, this person knows how to sell what we sell. And I am potentially interested in them teaching others in the future. What you want is you want for a new hire to execute at those things for like three and sometimes up to six plus months. Now, the timeline is dependent on your preference. But the shorter that you make the transition into, you know, step two, you know, the higher likely it is to, to have issues. And what I mean by that is I could come work for you and you may have seen this in the past. I can come work for you and work harder than anybody you've ever seen at your organization for 60 days. Right. And you go, I'm definitely going to start transitioning this person. But then at the end of 60 days, I get burnt out and all of a sudden my work ethic is radically different. Those things can happen if you do this too quickly. So it is preference based and it also is based on how much pain you in you, your pain you're in as a maybe an owner or a VP, you know, and what I mean by pain is how much you direly need leadership, right? The more pain that there is, typically the shorter that you make this process, but the longer that you kind of delay the first step, the more for sure the 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 right person is getting into the leadership role. Just like uh, when you have like a, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? If you've ever had this experience you don't really know who they are until like after the six plus month mark. It's kind of the same thing in first step. Man, if we can make this first step go six plus months and me as the owner or whatever my title is, I can play that leadership role. That is just protecting me long term. If I put the wrong person in place and start to delegate too quickly, my whole sales team can blow up. And so my point is, is at least three, um, if you can up to six plus months, I would say most of our clients are kind of doing it on the, the three side because they're just trying to grow and they need the leader. So it's not that it doesn't work out. It's just the safer route if you wait longer. But the first step is they love the mission, the vision, the values. They can sell at a high level, all those things that I mentioned earlier. And you see that consistent for three to six plus months. Once you see that, that is a good sign that this person could potentially be a leader at your business. Step two is giving them one responsibility. This responsibility comes without the financial benefit and the title. Okay, the reason that uh, not giving the financial benefit and not giving the title out uh, in step two is because you want to see if they actually want it. Everybody wants to be a closer or everybody wants to be a manager, but most cannot see success in it. 80 plus percent of people cannot actually execute at that type of stuff. And so you want to see if that sales rep that's been selling really well, if they are you know, service oriented enough to serve you um, without having the financial and time benefit, serve you and, and benefit the company of doing this additional task I'll go over in a second, um, if they do that without the fin financial benefit and title and they execute at, at it, that means, hey, uh, on top of continuing to sell, they got to sell, by the way, in steps one, two, and three, they still got to continue to sell at a high level. But if in step two, you give them this responsibility without the financial and time benefit and they do that and they consistently execute at that and sell, that's a sign that they're really bought in and they care about you know the company outside of just themselves. A lot of the times a top performer, they just want to stay in their own little bubble and do their own thing. And a lot of the times they're not the person to, to be the right leader. So if you give the financial and time benefit and leadership uh, benefit too quickly, 
and then you take that away, um, that's more of a painful thing than not giving that stuff up front and it not working out, right? So when I take them into step two, it's like, hey, you know, here's step two. I want to see how you do this over a 60-day period or 30-day period or 90-day period or whatever. No financial and time benefit, right? You don't communicate it like this. I'm just trying to get through the training. And, and really why that is, is I want to make sure that you really want this position, right? I want to see if you'll, you'll, you'll do the additional work outside of sales plus selling um, and execute at that and serve the company in this unique way. What that shows to me, John or Sally or whatever, is that you're, you're about the, the company and the vision and the opportunity and growing as a person um, and, be, and, and actually down for something outside of just personal sales, which is what you're communicating. So step two is A, B, and C. Now, what's actually the instruction there? That could be step two is recruit one person into the organization that gets up to quota. Or it's really common for our clients is they, they start to delegate like uh, uh, field training or call reviews in the onboarding process for new hires. One of the things that's lacking in a lot of like smaller businesses onboarding processes is they're not reviewing pitches of new hires. Uh, for our clients, a lot of the time that's, that still exists for the first few months until they start to get some leadership stepping up and they delegate the task like I'm talking about right now. But a really popular thing that you can do in step two is say you've done this for three to six months. First task without the financial time benefit is I, whenever we onboard uh, uh, new hires, I want you to review their, their first five pitches in their first two weeks or something like that, right? And I want to see how you execute at that in the first 60 days. Here's the framework to do that. And then you let them follow through. And if they execute, then they go into step three, which is just taking on one to three more responsibilities and continuing to sell. Those one to three additional responsibilities, typically, not always, they're involved maybe in the recruiting uh, and, or, and or the onboarding process, maybe administrative onboarding, or maybe day one of orientation, or maybe your group interviews or final interviews. But typically, it's, it's, it's delegating the, the initial phases, right? Because you got the current team that maybe the owner or the VP or whatever is managing, and that current team has trust with that leader. So him or her doing the one-on-ones, the team meetings, and the sales coaching for the existing reps, that's better because the trust is there. But step three, you start to delegate maybe some of the, the, the recruiting and the, uh, the onboarding responsibilities. Don't put too much on this person in step three, but that you put, them more, you put more on them. You provide some type of leadership title, some type of small financial benefit, and they're like your co-leader. And it's like, I want to see how you, you do this for next, the next 60 days while having the pressure of still bringing in revenue and selling at the company. Once you do that and you accomplish A, B, and C, that's a sign to me, you're our guy. Our gal, and I'm going to transition you into, into step four, which is the full, the uh, you know the the full time you know sales leader. And by this time, the current sales team has seen how this person has served the owner or whoever the higher level leader is. They those people are building trust and respect for this person that is helping scale up the team and get new hires going. Uh, and so when that transition into the full time sales leadership uh, thing happens, there's that trust there. So the 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 taking over of the one-on-ones and the team meetings and all those things is a good transition for the current sales reps. Now, hopefully this four-step process made sense, but what this does, it, it allows you to protect yourself, protect your time, although it can feel like kind of a, a lengthy process. It allows you to protect yourself from not putting the wrong person in place, which you don't want. You want when we talk about leadership, it needs to be the right person, right? Business is, business is challenging, right? Like as an example, Brandon, our VP, now partner on this, on this meeting, if everything blew up, right? If our 44 person company, you know, blew up tomorrow and it, you know, we had to fire, you know, 30 people and we went down to 14 people as an example, right? And the whole sales team lost and Brandon's income dropped by 50% as an example. You know, he would, he would do, he'd be like, let's freaking ride and rebuild it, right? That's what you need, 
right? You need a ride or die leader that loves the, the opportunity, the mission, the vision, the, all that stuff. Um, and this is a way to systematically advance them to ensure that you put that right pl- person in place. And then from there, it's all about retention. You got to retain that person long-term. And that, that's about job experience and, and income. Lastly, before we move on, is what's really cool about this process, whether it takes you, you know, to go through all four steps, six months or nine months or whatever, it forces you to, it forces you to build your sales department systems uh, throughout the process. You're, you're actively recruiting, you're actively onboarding, training, managing people, doing meetings, doing one-on-ones, and you're becoming an expert at what it looks like to actually successfully build a sales department. So by the time that you actually delegate it to the full-time sales leader that went through the four steps, they have an amazing process to run everything. And then all of a sudden you're the, you're the owner or VP or whatever your title is. You step back and you're a support system for them. You're almost like their co-leader, whatever you need, let's rock and roll. And then they're looking for who their assistant manager is going to be uh, riding up into, uh, up into the same four, four, pro, uh, four step process.